Welcome to Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry discussing the greatest movies of all time and all the new films in theaters and streaming that you need to know about. Like us, rate us, share us. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Rags and Chuck Curry. with another edition of Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry talking about the greatest movies of all time. We're going to go back 40 years today to Labor Day movie releases uh, and uh, what we remember about them. Labor Day, not normally a huge weekend. Sometimes you'll get to the last uh, hurrah of summer, but it's normally uh, the number one movies are holdovers from big movies over the summer. But we'll see what was released over the last 40 years on Labor Day and it's anything out there that stands out. Um, Chuck and I were off last week, so we've got lots to talk about. Let's not waste any more time. And Chuck, I want to get right out of the gate because, you know, the last two years, it seems like we've been talking about streaming and what it means and how frustrating it could be and all this stuff, all this stuff. So right out of the gate, I want to get you aggravated and get your thoughts on the new Halloween movie released in theaters and on Peacock. October 15th. I didn't know that. You, 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 I I'm didn't breaking know news that. right now. You're breaking news. Tell right. me when, when did this develop? It developed just uh, moments ago. Uh, See, here's what it's doing. Cause uh, as the um, Peacock has a deal, obviously they're owned by NBC, right? Mm-hmm. For four, so let's say you, you, let's say you have a Roku, like I have a Roku in my business, right? right. And I, I want to watch Tampa Bay at Dallas right. or any Thursday night or Sunday night game for four ninety nine. I could, upgrade premium on peacock and watch all those football games yeah that's a pretty good deal mike not bad it's that's not a bad. pretty good deal i mean i don't have if to you want to cut the cord if you want to cut the cord it's a good you deal wanna, yeah but my point is um that's a big coup i mean i i guess they they probably want to really develop peacock and they're going to follow the model that uh disney and and um well, Warner brothers have used what helps i'm peacock surprised out. i am surprised i'm a little surprised too what helps peacock out too and if Delta variant doesn't come, do they do this? I don't know. Maybe it's just a theaters thing. But mm. I get Peacock with Xfinity and Comcast. So now, I the multiplexes get... are going to be OK in theaters streaming only on Peacock October Holy 15th. Cow. I mean, uh, now I don't have to go to the movies because the last trailer I saw, I mean, this guy takes out an entire fire ladder company and and escape. Well, I mean, what are we uh, doing me, here? Chuck? Just come real on, quick. Halloween on. kills. Um... It was screened in its premiere at the Venice Film Festival because they gave Jamie Lee Curtis a Lifetime Achievement Award. Right. The reviews are, the handful of reviews I read are, it's extremely dark and it is unbelievably violent, um, which is a little surprising considering Universal made so much money off the last one. You go nastier and darker, you, you, you narrow your audience more, No. Yeah. And even the trailer's dark. I mean, do you really want to see Mike Myers killing firemen? I mean, I, I, I just don't. Yeah, I, I get that. I, I, don't, I, I get I get that. I do get that. Yeah, I, I don't just, like that. I don't like the tone of that. I just don't. I, I don't know. It, it it's got a zombie feel to it. What Rob Zombie. Well, I hope. Oh, whoa. If it had listen that those especially that second Rob Zombie Halloween was a, 
was one of the nastiest pieces of, of affliction against women I've ever seen in film. I mean, I yeah. hated that movie. Well, I wasn't a fan of David Gordon Green's last one. I know you uh, liked so it. I, it, I liked it more than you. It yeah. has its moments. It's not, it's not the, uh, it's not the, it's not the second coming of, uh, of, of horror greatness. Let's put it that way. No, it had not. issues. It had issues. Well, uh, we did miss good moments, though. Yeah, we did miss uh, Labor Day weekend, and there's some movie news re- revolving around Labor Day weekend. I got well, the, see- num- the box office. Is yeah, the that's what thing. I was going to get to. Yeah, yeah I, was, uh, you, I you, saw you, Cinderella on yeah. Amazon actually with mm-hmm. my daughter. It was it was okay. cute. It's fine. Uh, Camille Cabello is Cabello is very appealing, and it's got some good stuff in it. It's just a retread, though. We've known this story forever. I mean, to sit through another hour and a half of the same story again with different music. Okay, it was good enough to watch on Amazon. But uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Marvel strikes gold once again with this movie. Listen, Labor Day weekend historically is not a good weekend at all in movies. Even non-pandemic. This was not only a record uh, pre-pandemic, but $90 million four-day opening. Talk about pent-up demand. I got to tell you, it's a major surprise on the upside. I will tell you, they cut some good trailers for it. It did look interesting. And, you know, it's going to have that Japanese overseas audience uh, automatically, obviously. Yeah. Here's so that's going to help. Here's and the you- thing. It opened big, right? But the, here's, here's still the issue. The movies around it, everything else. It's like one it's like one attraction only per weekend. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's not yeah. like, oh, OK, a couple of like three movies did well. We're not at that point. It's like, okay, it's like everybody who goes to the movies, and a lot of people did go to movies, 90 million, 90 million. They all went to, 85% of them went to one movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the, true. The industry needs uh, the, the, the more pieces as a pie, not, not just, you know, one, one big piece. Well, Having said that, it's a big plus, a big positive. And this is good news for James Bond, which is just a couple of weeks away. And it looks like this movie is going to get released on its release date. Um, in October 8th, I think it is. So yeah, that is really good news. Uh, and I just saw another trailer. I don't know if you saw the trailer for the Matrix Resurrections yet. I did. Um, what do you think? I, I, I know fans are probably doing cartwheels over and it looks amazing it, it, to them. I, you know, I was so turned off by two and three. It's hard for me to get jazzed up about this. 20 well, that's going to be the that's going to be the issue, I think. Yeah, I, and I think that still turns a lot of people off. Yeah. And Carrie and Moss, it's nice to see her back on screen. And, and she's co-starring with Keanu Reeves. The, the amazing thing is he just looks like he's John Wick in The Matrix. So, yeah, I, 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 know, if- I know if he was jumping from set to set or what, what's the story? <laughs> it, it almost seems like but what a what a rejuvenation in his career. huh? He really did. Yeah. And, you know, much like Taken, it really has a lot to do with the John Wick film. Oh, I, absolutely. You know, and, you know, the Bill and Ted reboot got hurt by COVID. Obviously, I did get a chance to see it. It's not very good, but um, he's definitely got appeal, a certain sense of appeal. He's likable as hell, Mike. He is likable. He is. Nobody's going to say Keanu Reeves. What an amazing actor. No, he's not an amazing actor. What he is, is he's a unique, interesting screen presence that has a connection to his base. He just does. And he's got staying power. He's lasted long. He's been around a real long time and he's been through. I I mean, you think about it from Point Break to Speed to the Matrix. Yeah. John Wick. Yeah. It's pretty. Matrix 4. I'm waiting. Do you think he can get Gene Hackman out of retirement for the replacements? No, I'd watch it. I'm amazing because you're a big football fan like me and 
you have issues with that movie. I, I, I love it's, that movie. It's just I so unrealistic. Movie. No, you're it, telling me you're telling me that in a replacement team, and he's a, and he's a quarterback that gets benched for the starter, and he's he's on his he's on his boat. Yeah, he's not not on the sideline. He's on his boat. He can't come in for the second half. I I mean, don't you have to like, like be a? a I, isn't there isn't it like a? You have to announce the players before the game who are eligible. There's no eligible list. That's well, a big floor there. One more if you're looking for is floors, I really yeah. doubt an owner of a football team in the in in, in National Football League would hire strippers as uh, cheerleaders. Oh come too. on! I don't think that that's would the happen. fun of it. Okay, that's the fun of it. <laughs> I know they're you're, you're bringing back you're bringing back memories of Brooke Langston, who I, I who was very appealing. Yeah, she was. What was yeah. that? Melrose? Was she on Melrose or the other one? She was on. Uh, yeah. No, she was on Melrose. Uh, Melrose. She was on Melrose, I believe. Yeah. A couple other trailers. Did you see the red notice? Friday. She had a she had a part on Friday Night Lights in the last couple seasons too. She did that's right. She played uh had a fling with Riggins, right? A, a older yeah. woman, younger one. Nobody uh, on younger man. Okay, I'm just saying. Uh, did you see the red notice teaser trailer for Netflix? I did. I don't like it. <laughs> well, they don't really show much. It's all attitude and Need nothing for me. There's no story there. Uh, yeah. We and it, we've got to talk about the Moonfall teaser. Yeah, I didn't like it either. Yeah, it, I felt it was confusing, and. Uh, Eh. I tell you, it's got the Patrick Wilson jinx. It's not going to do any good. Once you put Patrick Wilson in a movie, uh, he even he even he was awful in Aquaman, too. I don't think I've liked him in a single movie. I've seen him in the one saving grace is Halle Berry's the lead. Um, But Roland Emmerich, I mean, how many things are you going to just doesn't destroying things get old? I mean, I I don't. But what's next? The galaxy imploding. Is that the last movie he makes? It's just ridiculous. How many things he's going to just blow okay. up? Here's the thing about Roland Emmerich. Uh, now, here's a question. Was Independence Day a, 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 fluke? a fluke? It's a fluke. Was it? I mean, look, uh, we both like the day after tomorrow. And you I did. Here's, a, okay. here's the thing you. about here's the thing about day after tomorrow. I love the first half. I love the first half to set up everything about it, I love the second half. It's, it's like sort of like bogs down in Mediocreville. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's just not what the first half was, no. but it's coherent. It's not absurd. Right. Independence and- Day. Yes, it has charming characters that uh, at times maybe the, the rubber band of plausibility stretches just a tweak, but just a tweak. And then he gets the Irwin Allen syndrome as his career goes on. He becomes more bombastic. It's like, okay, I have free will, I have free reign, I, I have success. The studio is going to let me do what I want, and I don't know what I'm doing in terms of well, uh, telling adult adult stories in a coherent fashion without the bombastic nature of, of what he symbolizes. Well, it's most of the time, most of the time, besides Independence Day, he's all tease and no payoff. Now we'll both. I, I do again. 2012. I do like the first half. I like the Patriot a lot. I know like, the Patriots, but it's not a disaster not, movie. It's yeah, not a disaster not. movie. But Godzilla is a, ma- a major disappointment. Yeah, neither one of us like Stargate. That's jerk. And people That's like a- that movie, but I do. I find that a bore fest. That's and just my opinion. But. I thought I thought Midway was good. Uh, it has some good moments to it. I did not like White House Down. I know you did. I yeah, but 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 the last act gets bombastic in that it, movie it, it too. It's crazy. Yeah, it gets uh, too too much. Uh, you know, and it just it it's just too much. I you know what to explore Roland Emmerich's career is, is futile because he he might be just a one hit kind of wonder. Uh, that's for sure, Chuck. Um, all right. Any other movie news that we have out there that you wanted to bring up? I, I got some TV about? news. I, I I was I just read in the trade 
that uh, according to reports, there has been some fairly active discussion discussion on Fox reviving 24 uh, oh in some capacity. Now, it doesn't say it didn't say no. It didn't say yes. Keith Sutherland's involvement. But let's be honest. Uh, they did in 2017, 24 Legacy with Corey Hawkins. Very watchable, but it wasn't vintage 24. Here's my here's here's the thing. I, I want your opinion on this. Well, I'm, it, I'm glad you brought it up because I'm currently rewatching. OK, um, does it 24s. bother does it bother you when and I, I listen, Keith Sutherland, I don't think ever became a movie star, but he became a movie star on TV. With 24 yeah, and Jack absolutely. Bauer. That show he, is awesome. He became iconic. He did. Okay, iconic. And that show is awesome. Yeah. What an adult great. What a great adult program for network TV. And he he was just, he's he was. Perfectly uh, cast. He's Perfect. a John McClane of TV, right? He is. He is. Okay. So here's the deal. Does it bother you that he has to know there is a massive fan base that wants him to do this? Give us Jack Bauer one couple more years, right? Why don't I just do it? They could throw the bank at him too. It's, uh, he it'll will never make, be a money he, issue. He will, no, it will not be a money issue. He will make big money. Were there ever? Didn't you say this to me, or there were rumblings, or maybe we made this up in our heads? No, John, I know what you're going to say. John McClane, Jack Bauer movie. The idea, the idea was actually pitched because they both 20th Century Fox, both Fox control both yeah. properties. Yeah. Of doing because you know Bruce Willis, his career was starting to lag, getting a little older, and did 20th Century Fox want to invest? hundred million dollars in a diehard movie again. So why not take John McClane and then Jack Bauer pop him into a movie because there was going to be a 24 movie and, right. uh, and with, with uh, Keith Sutherland's Jack Bauer at the height of 24's popularity. The problem is they never could come up to a money agreement, right? The producers needed a hundred million dollars plus and, and the studio 20th century Fox was like, ah, We'll give you 70 or 80. We're not giving you 120. So it never materialized. But the idea was floated. Let's do John McClane, Jack Bauer. I would that would be awesome, Mike. I think that would I would be awesome. You get the right screenwriter, you get the right screenwriter. Sure. Somehow they could exist in the same universe. Oh, they could. There's no doubt. Uh, Chuck, before we move on, do you have any other movie news? Because I don't. There's a couple of uh, passings over the last couple of weeks I want to get to. One quite recently that just happened, a very strong character actor and very popular in the TV series, The Wire, um, Broadwork Empire as well. Michael Kenneth Williams, yeah, who seemed sure. to be a, a quite a rising star, especially among an actor's actor. Right. Um, he passes away at the at the young age of uh, 54. And obviously, yeah, he's, horrible. He's uh, nominated for some Emmys as well, um, I believe. Well, I, 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 I did not watch a lot of The Wire. I know it's acclaimed. People love The Wire. Some people think it's the greatest TV show of all time. I hear I that did watch. Lot. I did love Bulwark Empire. I remember his character, Chalky. Yep. And I remember the critical nods he got. And people, you know, say this guy's going to be a big name in the industry. Um, yeah, it's a bummer when I heard that story. Yeah, it, it it really is. And I remember him on the HBO series The Night Of. He was a good character on that. Uh, yeah, just but the one that bothered, you know, not that someone dying bothers me more than the other. But when I heard Ed Asner passed away and yeah. now the only living survivor of the Mary Tyler Moore show is, is Betty White at this point. We lost Gavin McLeod last and, year. And you know, what's interesting about Betty White. I was thinking about this uh, a couple of months ago. You know, she was so, so, so in the in the limelight. Like a couple of years ago, Betty White, Betty White, you know, yeah. great, yeah. awesome talent. Yeah. And yeah, now yeah. you don't see her. Probably she's got to that point where her health might be in the way. Yeah, I think so. Maybe. I mean, that's why 
<laughs> I know we're changing topics, but that's the fun of what we do. Well, here. you know, with you know, with Ed Bar- Asner, Barbara you- Walters, Barbara Walters, you don't see her anymore. No, right. Well, let's talk, let's focus on Ed Asner. I know you, okay. you've had crushes on Betty White and, and, and uh, Barbara Walters. And no, but, not the last couple of years. No, um, you know, you talk about Jack Bauer being iconic. TV yeah. role. I mean, there's really no more. I think Lou Grant became more iconic than Mary Tyler Moore than Mary Richards did from that show. You know, you think about Louis De Palma, uh, yeah. Lou Grant. I mean, these are signature TV roles. And I, I'm rewatching the Mary Tyler Moore show on great. On, it's a great sitcom. Mike. It's a great sitcom. But the one thing that stands out each and every episode is Ed Asner. He dominates that yeah, show. He much does like, dominate, but it's per- you know why? Because the the character in, in some and not. In some ways, has a little bit of an Archie Bunkerism to him, yes, right? Yes, he's yeah, grumpy. He, he, he's, grumpy. He's, he's, he's grumpy, but but the heart big is heart, good. Big the heart, heart is right. good. They knew how to write him best. They, they knew did. what they dialogue did. to give him. But she was such a talent, Mary Tyler yeah. Moore. They they played off. They those two especially played off each other really beautifully. Now they, it, they sort of knew they knew they they felt the yeah. soul in each other. And it was, it was a, very special. Yeah, well, there was a chemistry there. That but you here's know, the thing: I was reading when he did Lou Grant he had a lot of anxiety doing that show because he went in thinking, okay, this is going to have the same tone as Mary Tyler Moore. Then he realizes that it's a, it's, it's basically a straight, it's a straight drama. Yeah. Uh, and, and he, and he, and it took a little, it took a little time, a little adjustment. Yeah. To, to understand that tone, but he but got a lot he, of critical praise for the, Oh, the of course. Drama. And listen, he was a fantastic talent. If you look like, like he was, he played, um, Nick Nolte and Peter Strauss's horrible father. Oh yeah, uh, in Rich Man Poor Man, this guy's forget, a good actor. Let's not forget him in uh, Roots as well. Yeah, holy uh, cow! And you know he didn't have much of a movie career, but it got resurgence when he played the voice in Up. He was the old man, yeah, so yes. kids are uh, all That's over. A big, role, who, big role, big role for him. And then you look, he had a role. He he was he was still working. He was on Cobra Kai. He was uh, you know he plays uh, you know uh, what's his name's uh, stepdad. I, I, I saw. Let me ask you a question about that. Does it when you when you watch somebody your whole life, a talent, right? Right. From generation to, and then they hit a point like they're in their nineties and they're so eighty nine in there, and then you see him pop up on Cobra Kai, you know, when he's really old. Yeah, he's old. Bother you? Does it bother you? I mean, bother me. It's a slap in the face of reality. I don't know if it bothers me. It's it's something we can't avoid. I mean, I you get know, that. I I get I get it, but. It just, I don't know. I'd rather there, him there, do there that come, role than somebody I don't know. Yeah, who's no, 90. I get it. I just, I, I don't, I think there comes a point where I don't want to use the word. It just feels, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. It's just an emotional it's response. <laughs> it's huh? sad. I guess what it maybe. Is. It's sad. You know? I get that feeling now when I see Michael Caine. It's like, oh, you know, he's getting to that point where. And, and I just saw still a Morgan Freeman. He's getting up there too. He is. Now, I mean, um, he's getting up there, these people. There is one movie role that I do remember Ed Nasner growing up in. Do you remember? There's like one movie he was in that was totally out of left field that he had a co-starring role. Do you know what I'm thinking of? Big star no. was in it. I'm not sure. A cop movie. Come on. Oh, no. One of our favorite actors, Paul Newman. Ed Asner. Oh, you know, was it uh, Fort Apache? Yeah, Fort Apache, the Bronx. Oh, yeah. hey, listen, that, talk about a forgotten movie. Yeah, uh, the, Ed Asner plays his boss in that movie. And Tell me who the big name in that opposite Paul Newman, who was on a TV show with Hot Ken Property. Wall. Yeah, Ken, Ken Wall. Wall. Yeah, his and, Dan, and Danny Aiello is the guy. Remember that Ken Wall in The Wanderers? Yeah, he was. He, he could have been a big. He could have been a big name. Yeah. I mean, he had a run. 
yeah, he did. guy, right? He did. He had a lot of personal demons, though. He did. He did. And that's uh, yeah, always not a good thing. Well, Danny Aiello is the cop that tosses the guy off the roof, too. So, yeah, a, I remember seeing that in a movie theater, sold out audience. That, but, you know, you can't even get that movie's not even on DVD. Nah, uh, I no, think it's I'm, on YouTube. You can watch it for free. Uh, Chuck, let's do yeah, uh, let's do fast five fast because we've got right, a lot go. of movies to get to here with uh, okay. going back Labor Day. Um, mm-hmm. So fast. Cliff Robertson. Uh, Spider-Man. Yeah, uh, he he also is in uh, Malone with Burt Reynolds. It's like that's like a favorite B movie of mine in the 80s. And yeah, not a big was, budget. I just like that movie for some reason. Yeah, probably Ben Parker. Yeah. But I, I, do, I, love, I Listen, I love his line. It's been with, with uh, great with great power. What What is the line? Great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, and it's yeah. very accurate. Um, right. I, I like to use the villain in three days of the Condor, too. I just remember mm-hmm. that. He was very good. How about Brian De Palma? Got to be untouchables, right? Yeah, it's a perfect movie. It he's really a, he's a fast he's a fascinating filmmaker. What would he's be done, two? what would be two? Blowout. Uh, I like blow. Uh, no, yeah, blowout would be there. Not and not, I like body double. Yeah, body doubles. But good. no, blowout's a blowout. Also, is a it's like a nine point five out of ten film. That's a great movie. I not, I still think Travolta, John Travolta. That is John Travolta's best movie that you don't feel he's a star. It feels like he's right. just an actor, working actor. That's why the movie works so well. How about Colin Firth? It's ironic. He shares a birthday this weekend with Hugh Grant. So Colin Firth and Hugh Grant, both in the Bridget Jones's movies. Yeah, I, I think Colin Firth, I think of uh, I think of both of these guys in love, actually, for some reason. Yeah. And I mean, and he's a Mamma Mia, right? Mamma Mia, yeah, he's very good in that he, too. He won, the, uh, King, he won speech? King speech, yeah. Hey, listen, he's a super likable, super likable talent. He's just yeah. really likable. I said that's his strength. He's just likable. Same thing with Hugh Grant. What's Hugh when you think Hugh Grant? What do you think? Um, Notting Hill, super likable. Notting Hill, yeah. I, I still think I mean, a Pretty Woman. I, I Pretty Woman is a great movie, and it's a massive hit, and it, and it put Julia Roberts in mega stardom. But I got to tell you, if you told me sitting at the theater right now, watch one Julia Roberts movie, one Hugh Grant movie, it's Notting Hill. Yeah, I love really that good. film. And he's fun in nine months, too. We both had a good time watching that. And movie. he's, and, and, he's and, funny. And, in that. and of course, Love Actually. Yeah. It, you know, it's great. Close it up. Last but not least, yep. uh, this might be difficult for you. Adam Sandler. Hey. Listen, I, I, I've always said Mr. Deeds makes me laugh. It just makes me laugh. I know that you, you look into Lennon Mullen's book. He gives it one star. No, uh, movie, one star. Uh, it, that movie's to me so funny. You got to see Uncut Gems. You yeah, I got to see Uncut Gems. I know. It's a fantastic movie. I was I was saying to somebody today about Adam Sandler. Listen, nobody's going to say Adam Sandler, uh, you know, his career is, uh, you know, up there with uh, you know, Citizen Kane. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Pacino. Yeah. De Niro. But he knows what the heck he's doing. He, he he's very pa- he's very he has a legacy. He's very powerful in the industry. He cuts deals. He's still making big money on that in that Netflix deal. Um, say what and, you want, acquire taste or whatever. Even a movie like Grown Ups. I mean, come on. It, it, I I can watch that movie and enjoy the heck out of it. I just can all the time. You know, yep. I don't care what the critics. I don't. I, don't well, I remember sitting in a theater watching that film and I was like grinning ear to ear. I had a good time watching it. And it's, that's a good thing, right? It's comfort food. It really is. It, that's a good word. I agree. All right, Chuck, let's go back 40 years and Labor Day weekend releases. And it's interesting. Go back to 1981. Mm-hmm. Um, I just saw they, they did a, uh, a, a, you know, kind of look back at this movie uh, that came out on August 28th, 1981 and the transformation of Kathleen Turner and uh, William Hurt. And they've had an unbelievable career. 
career since this point, And I think body heat started it all for these two, especially through the eighties, they became really superstars. And a lot of it had to do from the heat from body heat, which was a big hit that came out on August 28th, back in 1981. That was a big hit back in the day. And let's be honest, um, shows you how the culture's changed in movie going habits that opens now. Does it even register in movie theaters? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't mean, know. It, it's just a different type of movie. That was a very, that's when very adult oriented material. Genre could film. Re- could definitely a genre big. film, yeah. Could register yeah. big. But you think about it, it was before the fatal attractions and the basic, bo- basic instinct, instincts right? and all. This was the first one really of its yeah. kind and it, and it struck a nerve and a lot of people went to see it. That was like one of those, because I was 11, 12. That was when it came on HBO. No, no, I'm not allowed to watch that movie, Chuck. Not at all. Um, yeah. In 1982, boy, oh boy, we're hitting the bottom of the barrel here. Do you remember a horror movie called The Incubus? Uh, is that Talia Shire? It, I believe it might be, yeah. That came out in 1982 along with Homework, which was uh, Jackie Collins. or not? Oh, Jackie, boy. Judy Collins. Yeah. And Jekyll and Hyde together again. Were the movies th- like, you know, here, here you bring you bring back <laughs> a, movies like homework, right? That wouldn't even I don't even know if we could get a, a Walmart DVD bin spot. <laughs> uh, p- people that those movies pack theaters like it's opening weekend. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's pre entered That is really pre Internet. Like, I, I mean, I can't even phantom people going to see something like that in a movie theater now. A lot of movies came out in 1983 on Labor Day, September 2nd. How about this one, Chuck? And you might remember this anthology movie. Do you remember the movie Nightmares? It had one of the storylines was uh, Emilio Estevez yeah, I do. as a video. Uh, yeah, I do. I do. Game Geek, yeah, right? Yeah, I remember it. I remember and it. Then you had uh, Mortuary came out. That's one of those schlocky uh, uh, slasher movies. Yeah, that's one of those, that's one of those uh you know, the box cover and the poster <laughs> better than the, movie. the quality of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, so those these are the type of really we you know, we were joking about how none of these movies really on Labor Day. It's not really. But you go back into the early 80s and uh, forget about it. The, none of these movies are anybody were, was going to the movies to see. In fact, uh, Mortuary made one million seven hundred thousand dollars in its total run, Chuck. But wow. yet somehow. It you rented it right at the at the video store because the box is pretty, pretty, pretty the box. Cool. The box cover would always get you. All right. We got a couple on August 31st, 1984. One of our favorite, if not our favorite movie years, Bolero came out August 31st, 1984. Chuck, talk about Bolero. Well, uh, Bo Derek, who was a massive sex symbol back in that time from the movie 10. Yep. And then uh, I, I guess, you know, she became her own cottage industry and, uh, you know, independent producer got a hold of, of I guess, her uh, career. And, uh, you know, they sold a TNA aspect of it. George Kennedy is in it, isn't he? Yeah, is he, he in is. Bolero? He's, He's in, Bolero. in Bolero. Yeah, he right. is. I mean, it's a horrible, horrible movie that was critically lambasted. I don't think it made two cents anyway it made nine but, million dollars let's overall. be honest she was a beautiful woman she was she did I mean, the tarzan movie right her husband yeah. would direct these movies uh john, john derrick. derrick yeah he was, um, was much older but she struck a chord though with 10 and then she made a movie career out of it and i mean also uh 1984 a movie called flashpoint which i just actually rewatched 
with Chris Christopherson yeah, yeah. and Treat Williams. Yeah, interesting movie. Kind of a JFK conspiracy. Not movie. a great movie though. No, no. I, I mean, it's like yeah, it's like I remember watching. I remember watching it in a theater. I mean, uh, there's, it's, no re- there's, no, yeah. there's no action in it at no. all. Uh, and how about this one, Chuck? Yeah, Chud. Do you remember what Chud stands for? Uh, I should tell me. Uh, <laughs> um, this is off. I'm guessing. Go ahead. Yeah. Is it? Cannibalistic humanoid underground dweller, correct? Yes, it is. It is, correct. and it co-starred Daniel Stern and, and John and Hurt. It has right? a massive cult following, and it's actually a decent movie. Yes, it Chuck. is. It actually is. I know, is it, is. I know it's it is. Time. It was a good movie. It was like a lot like Alligators, a good movie too. This was a decent movie. What you got I a couple agree. of decent leads in in uh, in in the in their roles. I, you got to give them credit. They were credits too. Um, all the, for some reason that movie's got. Um, following because I just think it was done well, you know, um, American Ninja compromising positions, flesh and blood come out in 1985. Not even worth the breath to talk about it, Chuck. How no. about 1986? We move along with Labor Day movies that were released uh, for Labor Day weekend. You've got uh, boy, oh boy, Shanghai surprise came out Labor Day weekend, 1986. That's a Chuck. sequel to Shanghai noon. No, it's not. No, it's, no, that's the movie oh, with the uh, Madonna and oh, uh, oh, oh, it's Sean Penn. Penn. Yeah, oh, like uh, hold on, let me slap myself. You got yeah, way ahead like, of yourself. Nah, I got way ahead of my. I, <laughs> this is 1986, dude. Yeah, I gotta tell you something about Madonna in the movies. Uh, I didn't like her at all. Nah, it didn't really ever translate. I, I, I did not. For me, ruined Dick Tracy for me. Yeah, yeah, and uh, she was good in the League of the Own. I'll give her that. How about that? We'll give well, her that one. The ensemble carries out. That's a great yeah. movie. Uh, how about she's 19- fine in that movie? Yeah. 1987. You had a prayer for the dying, which is a Sean Young and uh, and uh, what's his Matt Dillon's in that movie on the yeah. fourth protocol came out that year with the Michael Caine and a very young Pierce Brosnan as the villain in that. I, yeah, do remember, I, that remember, the, I remember the DVD box. I got and be ham- a, a Vietnam movie. Hamburger Hill came out back in 1987 with a very young Dylan McDermott in that one, Chuck. And that's a decent Vietnam movie if you haven't seen it. Um, go check it out. 1988, Chuck. A couple of baseball movies come out. Eight Men Out, which to me is a classic baseball film. Agree or disagree? I yeah, mean, I agree. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. How about Stealing Home, which had Jodie Foster in a cameo role in it, and Mark Harmon as a star. Okay, I'm going to tell you something about this it. movie, and I know people that hate this movie who, too. Who, read the director. Tell me the director. The director of Stealing Home is I got it. It's got to come to me. I met him. Oh, that's right. It's uh, the, 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 what, he's the, a screenwriter of Back to School. Yes, that's right. right? Uh, great... Campman, right? Uh, yeah. Right. And and um, I met I met him. I, I told you he's a great guy. He was he was an actor on the on the original Bob Newhart show. He got a chance to direct that movie, and we talked about that. I was actually going to screen it at the theater. We, we never it never materialized, but um, Steve Campman, his name, Stephen was. Campman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And great. I just want to give him a plug for great guys. He was a great guy, but the movie didn't amount to much on the, uh, on, in the box. I know a lot of people that don't yeah. like the movie, uh, hot to trot comes out too. That was a Bobcat Goldthwait uh, horse. Oh, movie. I remember that. I remember that one and betrayed about, uh, Deborah winger in infiltrating the Ku Klux Klan. Gold. Great. Would he, would he, <laughs> would he thrive in today's movies? I don't know. I don't think so. I Police bring up, Academy two on, but no, um, I bring up a KKK movie and you go right back to a horse movie about oh, okay. both ways. Uh, Tom Berenger, Deborah Winger, Betrayed. That's a decent movie too. Yeah, that came out. Movie. That came out that uh, holiday weekend. Yeah. Again, none of these movies are making a ton 
of money, though. Um, how you got to 19- be a movie. You got to be a big movie fan to know a lot of these movies, though. This no? is a this is a deep one coming up here in 1989. Um, do you remember Relentless with Judd Nelson as a serial killer? I do, because I'm going to tell you another story. The director is. Tell me the director. The director of man, you're making me come up with. Uh, honest, yeah, tell me. <laughs> uh, I do remember Leo Rossi as the cop in that movie. Well, and he tell actually, me the director. Uh, the he did maniac? Co- did the maniac? Did, oh, did the 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 uh, I can't think of his name. I can't think of his name. Okay, the director of that film came to our theater. A friend got a hold of him. Is it William Lustig. William- yes, William Lustig. Yeah, and and William screened relentless on a brand new 35 millimeter print that my friend Scott, who, you know, had a cut. All right. And uh, I like that movie. It's, it's a, a good, good movie. movie. Oh, Robert Loggia has got a good role in that movie, actually. Yeah. And you know who wrote it? Uh, I'll tell you a quick story. Not a lot of people showed up. Right. He did a Q&A. Right. So he screened a movie. So I started asking him questions. You know, my personality. So I started asking him questions and I said to him uh, about um he did that really violent uh, uh, movie with jo- Joe Spinell. Remember that movie? Yeah, uh, yeah, the, yeah, Maniac. Maniac. Okay. Yeah. So I said to him, I said, before I got here, I was watching Maniac, um, and it was on YouTube for free. And he got, you could tell he got pissed. He got pissed off. I bet. And he's like, yeah. for free. And I said, I said, I said, yeah. But b- b- before you call anybody, let me watch the second half. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I know he didn't like it, but I said it. I I couldn't help myself. Uh, but uh, do you know who wrote Relentless? No, Philip Alden Robinson. Wow, the director Field of, dreams, of Field right? of Dreams. Wow. Um, so there's talent behind that movie. Yeah, it's actually it, pretty it, good. And Judd Nelson actually was an interesting talent. Yeah, he was. He was interesting is a good word. Yeah, um, interesting. 1990 at American Ninja Four, and the Lemon Sisters come out. Lemon Sisters. I believe uh, uh, I, I, I off the top of my head. What's her Was name? that Beth Midler and uh, Golden Diane Horn? Keaton or yeah. Yeah, uh, something like that? I don't know. It's not really. We, we weren't the uh, the target. The movie there. was a lemon. I got to tell you that you go. Goldie Horn's career really started to wane at that point. I think. How about uh, Child's Play 3 came out in 1991, 30 years ago, Chuck? Three. Yeah, it t- took place in a military facility. I actually That's liked right. it. I, I honestly, I got to tell you, I. I, I like the first three childhood movies. I, I enjoyed the first one's the best, but the two Obviously. sequels I liked. Right. I did like uh, one of my favorite uh, movies released on Labor Day weekend. It came out in 1992. I love Honeymoon in Vegas. It's one of Nicolas Cage's funniest movies and best movies. And it was in, a big hit. Big hit. Uh, Pet Cemetery 2 came out that weekend as well, along with Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me. They tried to tap into that cult hit on TV. Uh, Pet Cemetery 2 was the follow up for Edward Furlong, right? That was after T2. Yeah. He and Anthony Edwards were in Pet yeah, Cemetery 2. It's, 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 um, it's not it's, good. No, it's not it's good. It's watchable, at all. but you know. Uh, and then in uh, 1993, you had a movie called King of the Hill. I don't know what that is. So we're going to move on, Chuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you know what King of the Hill I is. I don't. Uh, Boxing Helena came out that year, too, Chuck. Remember I, remember that? The, I remember the controversy of. Uh, I know Kim Bassinger had a lawsuit. Yep. Right? She's yeah, right. What's you? scenes, right? Yeah, yep. and something. Yep. And, and it was a, it was a disturbing concept about yep. somebody who cuts the arms and legs off somebody and puts them in a box, right? Bill, it's just, yeah, Bill Paxton's I mean, in that movie. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, how, who is the director? I mean, well, but who, this is to get talent involved with that concept. Yeah. 
You know, sometimes uh, sometimes some of these up and coming directors can do it or, you know, name directors who want to do something weird. And that's weird. Fortress came out that weekend too, Chuck. And that was the uh, Christopher Lambert uh, escape movie. Yeah, I, I remember seeing that in the theater. Yeah. Actually, yeah. that was some that was interesting sci fi that movie. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No doubt about it. 19, 1994. You had Milk Money come out. What is this one of Chuck's favorite movies? Chuck, talk about Milk Money. Uh, that was with uh, Ed Harris, uh, the uh, the the uh, the amazing pairing of Ed Harris and Melanie Griffith. She played a hooker. He played the next door neighbor. Uh, critics didn't like it. I got to tell you no, that. <laughs> critics didn't like it. Maybe because they made a kids movie out of a, a stripper. I mean, what are we doing here, Chuck? Uh, it uh, is a little uh, off putting, to say the least. Um <laughs> In 1995, the prophecy came out. That was a horror movie with Christopher Le- uh, Christopher Walken. Do you remember they made a? He started making a couple of those. I think Eric Stoltz was in that movie as yeah. well. I think he had a little mini career out of the prophecy movies. Yeah, uh, they got they got Walken. Walken to come back for like the DVD sequels. Yeah, he did. He did. He, he play, I guess he play, He plays a devil in that. I think. Yeah, play, I think he plays uh, the Antichrist. Yep. Uh, 1996, The Crow, City of Angels. Chuck, uh, that was uh, the uh, the uh, Brandon Lee, right? The that's the first one. Yeah, the, this... it's the follow up to that one, right? It was like they made another one to kind of honor that one. No. And oh, I, yeah. I, yeah. Just, Listen, uh, I got to tell you, the first one, I thought he was a really he would have been a nice screen, uh, a screen talent going yeah. forward. He was good in it. It has one really good sequence, uh, like an emotional scene, him and a little girl. But I, th- I always felt that movie was flat. How about First Kid comes out that year too, Chuck? Now, do you remember who the star? Sinbad, right? Yeah, but do you remember who and, the and kid Phil was? And uh, I don't. And nobody does because it's not very important. Uh, right. Robert Guillaume is uh, in that movie as well, Chuck. One of Benson. our favorites. Yes. Benson. Uh, for, that was 1996. 1997, yep. as we breeze through these unbelievable, successful uh, Labor reason, Day Keep breezing, keep breezing. How about this one? Labor Day weekend fire down below, which I absolutely abhor. Chuck. OK, so Seagal actually directed that movie. Michael Caine in the in the weirdest makeup uh, <laughs> and, and, and jet black dyed hair plays the villain. Um, it's not good. It's awful. Yeah. It is absolutely a pathetic movie. Um, and it's so heavy handed and preachy. Yeah, um, very much so. Very much. He's got some. Stupid... Says, he's got this strong environmental and then, message. Yeah, yeah, and then he's got. It's stupid... like it's like it's like. Hey, okay, not only do you see the movie, but when you walk in at the theater, they hit you over the head with pamphlets, <laughs> like twenty pounds of like environment. Environment. Okay, I get the picture. I understand. How about nineteen ninety eight? A movie they thought was going to be a bigger hit, but it wasn't. Nineteen ninety eight, fifty four came out. That was Mike Myers playing the guy who started Studio Fifty Four. Yeah, I mean it's a misfire, but it's an interesting misfire. And uh, Why Do Fools Fall in Love also came out that year, too. And that was a Frankie Lyman movie, right? That they, they, he did. Uh, who's that guy? I can't remember his name, but uh, that was a, a, a small hit back in the Labor Day of 1998. 1999, Chuck, uh, Chill Factor comes out. And this is one of those post Oscar movies that Cuba Gooding Jr. is in. And you're like, what the hell is this? Oh, that, that's, a, that's a show for a different day. Uh, <laughs> his post Oscar Jerry Maguire phase of his career. Just it's 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 one for the record books. Yeah, and that was with Skeet Ulrich, if you remember, it was an I action him movie. In, yeah, in and Scream. Yep. Yeah. And also, right. uh, also uh, Jericho, a pretty nifty TV show on CBS. I liked him, and I like that show. Chuck in two thousand Highlander Endgame came out. Another. I don't. I don't care. Uh, another 
reboot. And then we'll, we'll wrap up here in 2001 and we'll do the next 20 years next week. But in 2001, uh, which was 20 years ago, obviously it was the weekend before the tragic events that would have happened September 11th. And I believe we did a show a couple of weeks back about what was in theaters, you know, when 9-11 hit. And um, the biggest one was Jeepers Creepers was a big okay. Labor Day weekend. That was good. I like that movie. That's a good movie. Yeah, good horror movie uh, that came out that weekend. Chuck, we'll do the next 20 years. Uh, hopefully we get some better movies in there. I think Honeymoon in Vegas is the only one that stood out for me because there's a lot of, you know, like we said, Labor Day it, it, it's a dumping, is a dumping ground. ground. It's a dumping ground because... Yep. That's why the success of Shang-Chi is like it, it's it, on multiple psychological levels. How that happened is very interesting. Yeah. And like I said, it's it's a good sign. And hopefully we keep that momentum going to uh, to James Bond in a couple of weeks. All right, Chuck, we'll do it all over again next week. Mike, uh, always a pleasure to the audience. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks for listening to Movie Maniacs. Download one of our archived episodes be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts.
podcast by Federated Media.